We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is WEEI Late Night with Mark Dondero on WEEI. You have the Patriots at number one, uh, number 21, rather, taking Trayvon Walker, the edge out of Georgia. So tell us a little bit about Walker and why he makes sense for the Patriots. Yeah, you're right. I, I just have a feeling about them going defense first. I don't, you know, I don't really know. They're obviously not going to, you know, divulge any secrets. But I think that the lasting image of that Bills game is, you know, burned into their brain. You can get receivers in this in this class a little bit later you know like the last couple of years deep enough but the thing about walker that fascinates me is he's technically a kind of a tweener body you know he's that long base end looking guy but he's got the athleticism to you know run the arc he can drop in coverage he can make plays from the backside. the patriots are the kind of team that can look at him and say you know, look at all the ways we can use him. There, there's a lot, you know, you kick him inside on, on passing downs. He can play virtually every technique up and down the line. All right, hour two, WEI late night. Mark Dundero with you until midnight. Um, that was Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports joining Mud at Night with Brian Barrett. B squared firing off questions on who the Patriots will, uh, will take at number 21 overall. Trayvon Walker, defensive lineman, Georgia. Would I like that? Yes, I'd love that. Um, I I don't think that's going to get them to where they want to go, but I would take that, you know, because I do think, you know, as frustrating as it's been uh, with the Patriots, you know, I think back to Chandler Jones. One of the now he wasn't statistically maybe what he became in Arizona. You know, one of the best uh, defensive ends in the league. But the Patriots with Chandler Jones, they, you know, they won. I don't know what he actually did to contribute because when I think back to the Chandler Jones era, how many big plays can you think of? You know, it's a weird game to play. And I know each role of each player on the team is different. But when you actually do something like that, especially in a position that can, it's not a defensive tackle or a center. You know, there's some flash associated with defensive ends or defensive backs. You, you think about Chandler Jones. How many plays did he actually make here? I think I remember the the fumble recovery for a touchdown in his first game or the strip sack. Maybe it was it was Dante Hightower that retar- re- recovered the fumble. But Jones made the sack. I, I don't really have a signature play that stands out in my mind about Chandler Jones. 
And when they won the Super Bowl, I basically remember him being along for the ride. So that's a long way of saying um, there's a lot of good defensive ends in the league, and the teams don't win anything. But at the same time, when I think about the Super Bowls, and I think about defenses in the Super Bowls that dominate, it's always a defensive end. It's never a cornerback that shuts down a team in the Super Bowl and takes over the game, usually. It's Von Miller. You know, it's a defensive end. It's the G- it's the Giants' defensive line. It's Aaron Donald making a play that ends the Super Bowl. It's a defensive lineman. Usually, if you're talking about ruining a game, especially in the Super Bowl, it's usually one of those guys. So if you get a guy like Walker in here from Georgia to pair him with Christian Barmore and Matt Judon, that looks pretty good. Now, I do think the biggest need for the Patriots is wide receiver. You've got to get a guy. Look, I'm not saying it's impossible to land the number one wide receiver. It could happen in the draft. You get a number one in the second round. How many guys are in the second round? A.J. Brown, Debo Sam. I mean, you can do it. It's unlikely with this team's pedigree, but you can do it. But I'm just banking that they're not going to do that. They're not going to go out and sign Devontae Adams. So if that's the case, they need two wide receivers. Two wide receivers better than what they have now. So that would be two B-plus wide receivers. I don't even think the 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 Patriots have a wide receiver that goes beyond a B. I don't – I mean, Kendrick Bourne, I think he was a B. Really good year, I think he's a B. Jacoby Myers, he's not getting above a B in my grade book. He's a B. I love him. Good game. But he's a B. They need above that, two guys above that to make me happy. Anything outside of that, I think they're going to see a similar year this year. And I know one of the things that Brian asked Eric, Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports, was how many quarterbacks from Mac Jones's class, because he clearly had the best year uh, during their rookie season, how many quarterbacks ascend past him in year two? I don't think that's a big number. Maybe, you know, we'll see what Doug Peterson can do in Jacksonville with uh, Trevor Lawrence. Maybe he's one. I do not see Justin Fields doing that, making that jump. I do not. I do not see Davis Mills making that jump. I do not. Okay? I do not see, uh, not especially with Lovey Smith, no. Davis Mills. Like, no, I don't see it. Now, if this guy's breaking down the film, I'm not breaking down Davis Mills' film. Okay, so I'll admit I'm wrong and he crow later if that happens. But I do not think Zach Wilson makes that jump above Mac Jones because I expect Mac Jones to make a damn good jump. I think he's a. I think he's going to be prepared. I think he's going to be prepared, not just on the field from a execution perspective, but as a leader. I think his leadership is going to evolve. I think he's going to be. A more, a more productive quarterback, and I think that's going to help his leadership. I think he's going to study different ways that he can improve how he leads the team this offseason. I know he's going to be around. He just said that. So I don't necessarily expect glory to come from uh, the draft in terms of the Patriots getting wide receiver weapons. I think the best way that they do that the most realistic avenue to doing that would be you sign a guy, you know, you sign my guy, Chris Godwin. Like, that would be a top my wish list. It's realistic. He's productive. He does a little bit of everything. You sign that guy. Or a guy a little bit maybe further off the path that I'd love to see come here, 
love to see this guy come here, Jarvis Landry. I'd love to see that. Both guys, SWAT type guys, they both, you know, not exactly the same size, but they remind me they're Anquan Bolden esque. If you could get one of those types of players here, Chris Godwin, and then draft a wide receiver that pans out above a B, he becomes a B plus guy or above. Then you've had success, and that's all I can ask for. And I think if they're going to get to that point, that's how it's going to happen. It's going to be draft one, sign one. I don't think they'll draft two. I don't think they're going to do what they did with the tight ends last year, even though I'd love that. I think it's going to be you draft one, you sign one, and you see where you're at. Maybe you draft two. Draft one in the in the third round, one in the second round. You know, d- draft a couple and then sign a marquee guy that you know can play because you've been good doing that. You've been good signing free agent wide receivers for the most part. You know, going back to Wes Welker, Dante Stallworth, you know, Danny Amendola. You sign guys that have panned out that can play. Do that again and then draft a couple guys and you have to have one of them pay out. That's that's what it's going to take. I would love Walker in the first round. I'll never shy away from defense in the first round, especially when you have the draft history of Bill Belichick with the wide receivers. I'll take the defensive stud. And I also think, based on everything I've read, it's a deep wide receiver draft. You can find wide receivers elsewhere. You can find them later. If you can get a stud along the defensive line, that would be good. That would be something I'd support. You know, we'll see. I would not support an offensive lineman. I know it's important. Um, But we just saw Joe Burrow get to the Super Bowl with not a great offensive line, not great protection whatsoever. He got to the Super Bowl. Now, it can burn you. It burned Mahomes last year. Didn't have any good protection. His guys got hurt. Um, But do me a favor and find one of those guys elsewhere. Don't, Don't make a high draft pick. And going, you're, you're go for an offensive lineman. I don't want to see that. That's not what I want this year. You need something flashier. You need a, a playmaker. You need a wide out. You need a guy that can sack or ruin the game. That's what I'm looking for at this juncture. I don't think Bill Belichick is going to do something surprising. I think he's going to be predictable. I do. I think he's going to draft some wide receivers because they need him. And I think he's going to find a way to get a defensive guy because that's what he's good at drafting. And I think a lot of people, I wouldn't be surprised if come April, after the draft, you're going to look at some mock drafts and you're going to say, a couple people really nailed the Patriots. I think it's going to be predictable. And I think he's going to take one of the positions of need because they don't have enough around Mac Jones, and they have to find a way to do that. That is their number one priority, regardless of what they do in the first round of the draft. I'd love if they can get the edge guy and he can pan out. I mean, Richard, this would be a Richard Seymour 2.0 from Georgia, 6'5", 275. I mean, that's basically Richard Seymour. Seymour was drafted at 6'. This is 21, so it's a different situation. 
but I would love that pick at that time. But you got to hit. You got to take best available to an extent. You got to hit. It was a good draft this year. You've got to follow that up. It'll mean very little if you don't follow it up because all you'll have are some of the same issues that you've had, and that's just not going to be good enough for a team that uh, just can't. You know, they're never going to get to where they want to go doing what they're doing. They've got to find a way to get above and beyond where they are right now. And the only way to do that most efficiently is through the draft. You can sign, even though the Patriots, they're not going to have the money they had. You got to do it through the draft. You got to find a way. The email is mark.dondero at weei.com. Random ask questions random ask emails that's the name of the segment some of them are coming in and they are there's some crazy ones up there uh we'll get to them also have a bruins take i want to get to and uh just quick we're gonna go to trending we have to take a break when we get back or during the trending i'm gonna give you a quick update justin's gonna do it but i got a quick update for you justin on james harden's debut with the philadelphia 76ers let's get it trending Fresh and Keith. Weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The Seas have won 10 of their last 11 now after dismantling the Nets 129-106 on Thursday night. The Green are in Detroit for a date with the Pistons tomorrow afternoon. And that tip-off's at noon. The Celtics, of course, fell to Detroit 112-111 in their final game before the break. The Bruins will look for a third straight win of their own. Saturday night when they visit the Sharks, the black and gold topped the Kraken 3-2 in overtime last night. And Andrew Marchand of the New York Post is reporting that both Fox and Amazon will call Tom Brady about a possible broadcasting gig. Fox just recently lost Troy Aikman to ESPN. And according to Adam Schefter, Sean McVay told ESPN today that he is not pursuing any television opportunities and he is committed to helping the Rams defend their Super Bowl title. And we just got some emails on that. I'm going to have a comment on that coming up real quick. Update 76ers. They just throttled the Minnesota Timberwolves 133-102. James Harden in his debut. Um, How many points did he have? 27 points, 5 of 7 from 3. So he now has as many three-pointers as Ben Simmons had during his entire career with the Philadelphia 76ers. Amazing what happens when a guy wants to play. He wants to play. I know. He looked great. All of a sudden, he's healthy. Unreal. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More of Late Night with Mark Dondero coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 
WEEI Late Night. On Boston Sports Original. WEEI. I'm telling you, it's unavoidable. He's not gonna he's not gonna lower himself to have to, you know, dirty his hands the way Aaron Rodgers is. He's gonna work it all behind the scenes. I think he's going to be with the 49ers week one. I, I'm, I'm rooting for that so badly. All right, that was Mike Florio making a comment. I thought he was a reporter, but, again, you know, he's a talk show host and he's a talking I, I don't know. But he was making some prediction that in week one, Tom Brady would be under center for the 49ers. Um, and that was followed up by recently Ian O'Connor, Formerly of ESPN New York, he wrote the Belichick book. You know, he thinks that he agrees. He thinks that Bill Belichick, check that, Tom Brady will also be under center for the 49ers. Reportedly. You know, that's what he thinks. So, I'm confused. I don't know where everybody's getting this. I do not think that's going to happen. I think he's retired. I don't think, I think too many dominoes would have to fall. I don't like the fit with Kyle Shanahan. I I don't like it. I don't see it. You know, some people are higher on the 49ers weapons than I am. I don't think they I think they have good weapons, but I don't think they have very dynamic downfield. You know, George Kittle is really good. Is he as good as he was three years ago? I'm not sure. Debo Samuel is awesome. I love Debo Samuel. But is he a down the field, down the stretch, the seam, down the side? I think that's what Tom Brady liked about Antonio Brown, Mike Evans. Even Godwin could do that down the field. You know, there's a lot of running with with uh, Debo Samuel, a lot of running, some stuff, short stuff, over the middle, off play action. It's good. It's effective. I don't know if that's what Tom Brady wants to do. And I certainly don't think Kyle Shanahan wants to, you know, relinquish some control, the control that you'd have to if you had Tom Brady there. I just, I don't see it. Okay, that doesn't make much sense to me. Um, do we have the do we have number ten, Justin, the Jason Lock Confora sound? If we have that, let's. I, I want to cue that up because the other thing I was just going to mention before we get to that, if we can get to that, what another thing that doesn't make any sense to me, according to multiple people, Diana Rossini's one of them, Aaron Rodgers. Is interested in being a, you know, what does it say here? Wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL by a significant margin. I don't understand Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. On whole 16 of their career, now all of a sudden they want to be the highest paid guy? I mean, not that I would know what that feels like in terms of having a legendary NFL career and and wanting to get paid at the end of that career. But that doesn't make sense to me. Why now are these guys trying to be the highest paid player now? Especially, I mean, I didn't get it for Brady, but especially in the case of Rodgers, where, you know, you've underwhelmed in terms of winning Super Bowls. And now at this point, you want to be the highest paid guy? It doesn't make sense. You would think of anything, you'd want to be a guy that could find a way to win one more Super Bowl and really cement your legacy as not underwhelming. Because the fact that that guy, Aaron Rodgers, who was one of the most talented quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, and he won another MVP this year, only got to one Super Bowl? 
that's unacceptable. In this, in this era, you can't do that. I, I mean, I, I just don't get it. Why you'd want to be that guy now at this stage of your career. You'd think it'd be about winning. Now you want to make $50 million a year and be the guy, the highest paid player by a wide margin? Why? (laughs) Don't you want to win? I mean, it would literally make more sense. What LeBron James is saying makes more sense. I want to play for whomever so I can play with my son who probably doesn't even believe or doesn't even belong in the NBA. That makes more sense to me than I want to be the highest paid player at the end of my career. Um, Let's talk to Brian in Massachusetts. Can we get Brian on the line here, guys? Brian, what's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? How you doing, Brian? Good. Just want to talk about the Patriots wide receiver options. Yeah, what's going on? So, I mean, when we talk about the different options that are out there in free agency and the draft and all that, like, obviously it's a dream to get someone like a Jamison Williams at 21, you know, post the ACL and all that. Yeah. But I just don't feel like Belichick's going to dig that deep a year after spending, like, two free agent picks to bring in Aguilar, who, let's face it, sucks. Um, but Kendrick Bourne, who could play really well for us. And I know he's not a true number one, but he's that field stretcher. He could be that guy for us. You know, and if you compare him with the Jacoby Myers, who's just that sort of possession, and Quan Bolden, which you guys mentioned earlier, like that kind of guy. And, you know, I mean, if you look at, like, who is the next, like, big slot receiver in the NFL? Like, who is that guy? Obviously, Cooper Cup, like, everyone knows about him. But behind that, like, Hunter Renfro, right? I know he's not available, but, like, when did the Ravens draft him? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that I like him. I like his game. I don't know if that's, I mean, he would help, but is he that much better at this point than Jacoby Myers? I mean, Myers has been good. I, I mean, I think he is. Okay. I mean, I think he's a better route runner. Sure. You know, like that that little Texas route or whatever it is that he runs, like that shifty little slot guy. Like Myers is a great number two. I I feel like Myers fits more of that role of the Jarvis Landry that you guys mentioned. Yeah. That sort of like gritty number two possession guy. But that shifty little slot guy, like I don't think we need to go round one, you know, like round three to five. I feel like you can find that shifty little guy in there. Before I let you go, you know, Brian, focus on the defense. Let me ask you this: Before I let you go, how would you feel if they go into next season with the exact, you know, by and large, the exact same wide receiver core as they had last year? Uh, where'd we finish this year? Getting blown out in the playoff. That's exactly game. how I feel like we'll finish. Okay, so okay, and I'm with you. That's my concern now. I think Mac Jones, you know, as I've been on the record saying, I'm a believer in Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is going to ascend. I'm buying all the stock, okay? But if you come back with the exact same wide receiver court, pass-catching options, I mean, if you want, you can throw James White back in there. We'll see what happens with him. If you come back with exactly the same thing, I do think that that's going to stunt his growth. I think you need, with his potential and his ceiling where it might be you have to supplement him with a better weapon and better options than you did this year now if you think Jonu smith's all of a sudden going to turn into you know kittle then good god bless you i don't think that's going to happen i think they need to get at least one guy at least 
And then we'll see. You know, if they get two guys like I just outlined, then I think I'd start confidently talking about a big-time improvement. A big-time improvement. If they get one, it's still unknown. I'd feel good. I'd feel better. It's still unknown. If they get Godwin, we'd have to see how good he is. You know, if he has a year like DeMar DeRozan is having for the Bulls where you knew he was a good player, but you didn't know he was that damn good, then all of a sudden Bourne looks better, Myers looks better, and all these things happen and they fall into place. But I'm not sure. You know, I think I need more than that. The kid that uh, Brian brought up from Alabama, yeah, that'd be, I, I'm before that. You know, he got hurt, but he'll. But it was late in the year, so that hurts even more. Was he didn't get hurt in October, got hurt in the playoff game. But if that's what it takes to get a top level guy, if he was going to now fall to you because he got hurt, I would be for that. If Bill likes him, if Nick signs off on it and they do their little dance, I do it. You got to find a guy. You got to find a weapon, and I think one of them will come through the draft. Ideally, it's one in the draft, one in free agency, and you get two receivers who are better than anybody at that position currently on your roster. That's what I think it's going to be. All right. It's time. We do not have an open for this because it just came about this, you know, tonight. But this is the first time we're going to unveil the segment called Random Ask Emails. And I'm just going through some of them. I'll tell you, just these are these are crazy. I don't know where some of these people come up with some of these things, but I'm getting some emails. I'm getting people from all over the state, all over New England, writing in with crazy questions, and we're going get to get, get to a few of them right now. So this is the debut of the segment, Random Ask Emails, here on WEI. Mark.Dondero at WEI.com is the email um, if you want to shoot us an email. Let's start with Mike and Lemonster ask, Worst coach, Rick Pitino or Bobby Valentine? Valentine. Valentine was worse. Valentine, they were bad from wire to wire. He was getting into it with players. Players didn't like him. He was a buffoon. No. Rick Pitino authored one of the greatest sound bites of my life. Okay, and people forget this sometimes. In the opening night game, 97-98, that was the, the last dance season for the Chicago Bulls. I can't even talk. Rick Pitino and the Boston Celtics, they beat Michael Jordan and the Bulls at the Fleet Center. I think it was still the Fleet Center back then. Rick Pitino. No, both a disaster in their own right, but I'm going Rick Pitino over Bobby Valentine. Bobby Valentine brought nothing for me. There was nothing good about the Bobby Valentine experience. Okay. Um, Charles T. in Falmouth asks, are you a little bitch? No. Except when it, no, but it, when it comes to golf balls, I am an absolute golf ball snob, and I only play high-end golf balls. So you could call me that there. Um, but thanks for the question. Okay. Here we go. Baby boy toy in Dover. In your opinion, what was the key to the Revolutionary War? The Battle of Lexington and Concord, obviously key. You know, that made the, that made the British know that we were here to, Fight for it, but I think the critical battle, obviously, was the Battle of Saratoga. It persuaded the French to support the Americans with military aid, and it was the turning point. I think the Battle of Saratoga was the turning point of the American Revolution. Um, William and Sudbury. 
things you understand less, NFTs or Tom Brady's infatuation with Jim Gray? Brady and Jim Gray. I never understood why Jim Gray and Tom Brady are such buddy-buddy. He's got a nickname, Scrappy or Scratchy, whatever his name was. I, I, I never understood that relationship. They're not close in age. It makes no sense to me. I have always been flabbergasted by that, and I continue to be. Now they have the podcast together. I know Jim Gray has showed up. He's been everywhere, you know, over the course of his career. He's been everywhere. You look at old clips. He's interviewing Mike Tyson, NBA Fine. I mean, he's everywhere. Thanks, Scratchy. Look forward to it. That's right. I've never understood that. Uh, let's get another one here. Mm. Murph in Ipswich. For $672 cash, would you break dance in the middle of a Dunkin' Donuts at 7.30 a.m.? Yeah. 672 right there on the spot? Absolutely. I would break it out. Um, you know, it would be it'd be awkward. People would probably be annoyed, but you're going for coffee. So maybe they just say, oh, you got some coffee. He feels good now. He's ready to take on the day, and he break dances. Definitely. They've seen diff- more weird things in a Dunkin' Donuts. That's a Believe good point. Me. Believe me. 672. If I came, if that number came down a little bit, I don't, I don't think I'd do it for $200. No, you know what? Check that. I would do it for $200. Why not? How about $200 in gift cards? That's, that's another aspect to it. That is. I'd do it. I, I, you know, it'd be a real low number. It'd be like $40. I don't know if I'd do it, depending on how dirty the floor was. Eric and Sturbridge, email. Best sports center commercial ever. Okay, a couple come to mind. Manning Brothers. I don't know if you remember that one. They're going through the tour, and they're giving each other, you know, they're wet-willing each other, and Archie has to look by. I thought that was funny. Uh, another one, John Clayton, the John Clayton segment one, where he's yelling at his mom that he's done with his segment. That was funny. And our own Jack Edwards from way back in the day was on with that little kid who was swearing. He was totally not ready for Sports Center. I always found that one funny. The Seth Hayes one. And obviously the Y2K one, Follow Me to Freedom, Charlie Steiner. That's a classic as well. Meredith in Millis asks, one athlete you'd love to see on TikTok? Larry Bird. I would love Larry. I mean, Larry Bird, he would have a get-off-your-lawn persona to his TikToks, I feel like. You know, sort of like an older curmudgeon. But I think that'd be really funny to see him on TikTok. I love Larry Bird content as is. You know, he's a little X-rated. He doesn't mind swearing, dropping an F-bomb at you. He's ornery most of the time. I think he'd be funny on TikTok. And if he ever danced, holy crap. I'd love to see that. Bird on TikTok. Uh, George and Weston. Do foot fetishes make sense to you? No. They never, like, I don't, like, I'm all for a pretty foot. But if I look at a woman, I've never gone and scanned a woman and been like, wow, look at those feet. Mike, you see those feet over there on her? Like, I've never thought that way. Now, to each his own. I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying I've never thought that way, and I don't understand the mentality. I, I, you know, ugly feet, pretty feet, I don't even know. I'm, I'm, I'm not analyzing women's feet, so it doesn't do anything for me. Um, did I skip one here? Uh, where are we? Oh, here's one. Um, Big Willie Style in Hanover. Should Major League Baseball ban the shift? No. They should not ban the shift. Look, this has, this is the same thing. This reminds me of the other day when Dick Vitale said because there was a, a, a fracas in the handshake line, they should get rid of the handshake line. No. The shift, I mean, there's no rules about where you can put players. 
There's positions, but you can apply that anywhere you want. Make an adjustment. Find the way to get on base even if there's a shift or hit a home run or go the other way or bunt, do something, adjust. Now, whether that contributes to baseball's issues, that's up for debate. We could talk about that till the cows come home, but I wouldn't ban the shift. I mean, just because teams have strategized, and I'm not an analytics guy either, but just because teams have strategized how to get guys out, make an adjustment, do something else. Don't ban the shift. I don't like that. I don't love the shift, but I wouldn't ban it. It's, it's a bad road. I don't want to go down. All right, a couple more here. Uh, Jamal in Medfield. What's the one thing you can't stand that everyone else on earth likes? Peanut butter. I hate, I cannot stand peanut butter. I think it's disgusting. I know. Everybody loves it. I, I don't get, I look, I tried it when I was like seven or four and I threw up. So when I was like 24, I was like, you know what? I got to give it another shot. Yeah, see, Will's got it. He's like, I got to give it another shot. Nope. I basically threw up again. I tell my wife, I was like, if you're ever not in the mood, just throw on some, like, peanut butter perfume. I won't go near you. James and Roslindale. Who is the one person that history lauds as a legend, but they'd be totally canceled if they lived today? One person that that history views as a legend, but they'd be canceled today. Um, John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy would absolutely be can if if what he did, you know, when he was president, they respected the privacy of the person in that office. Not anymore. All the affairs and all the the catting around he did, supposedly, if that came out today, he'd have a different legacy than he does. John F. Kennedy. Hammer, Hammer and Austin. Here's a good one. What's the more legendary duo? Bobby Orr and Patrice Bergeron or Larry Bird and Paul Pierce? That's a good question. That's a tough one. Um, Orr's arguably the greatest ever. And you can make a real good argument, but a lot of people would say that about Bird. Not as many, but you could make the argument he's one of the greatest. I mean, a lot of people have him in their top ten. I do. i, I got to go with Bird and Pierce. I'm going with Bird and Pierce. I'm going with Bird and Pierce just because... I think their personalities are a little bit more dynamic. And I know Bobby Orr is the greatest guy ever. You know, the stuff he does behind the scenes quietly for charity and everything. He's signed. Everybody in New England has a Bobby Orr autograph. I love Bobby Orr. And I love Patrice Bergeron, too. He's one of my favorite athletes. But I don't know. Bird and Pierce, I just feel like that's a little bit of a different level. Bird with the trash talking, the stories, the legendary moments. Pierce slaying LeBron James, the I don't give an F attitude. I love that. I love that combination. I'm going to go Pierce and Bird slightly over Orr and Bergeron. It's a tough one. Real tough one. It's a good question by uh, Hammer and Austin. Carusalem and Taunton asks, your thoughts on Amazon reportedly willing to offer Sean McVay $100 million to be an analyst for their football package. I think that is the dumbest stupidest waste of money I've ever heard of, okay? Troy Aikman, how much money are you going to get going to ESPN? Tony Romo, how much money do you make? That is a asinine waste of money and time and resources thinking about what you're going to offer them. And If there is a football game on, 
that I don't that I want to watch, guess what? I will watch it. Okay? I'm gonna watch it, and I don't care if there are dogs calling the game. Bucks or check that, Bills, Chiefs. There you could have had Lassie and Rin Tin Tin calling the game. I would have watched. It could have been barking their whole time. I would have watched. I would have muted it. I would have, I'm watching. If it's a matchup, a football game I want to see, I'm watching it. Do you understand me? To pay a man who has really no experience $100 million to sit there and babysit my eyes, that is a complete and utter waste of money. Ridiculous. I, I, I mean, just ridiculous. Jack and Everett. Skip Bayless saying MJ could beat LeBron right now. Your thoughts? Do we have that sound, Justin? If you have that sound, let me hear that sound. Skip Bayless saying right now Michael Jordan could beat LeBron James in one-on-one apparently. But I still believe that Michael Jeffrey Jordan would even now figure a way to beat LeBron just on sheer killer will. I don't think LeBron has it. Michael just spits it. Okay. Thank you. Trash spits it. That I'll spit on that take. I mean, that's not as idiotic. I don't think. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's paying Sean McVay a hundred million dollars to sit there and watch a game with me. But this is idiotic as well. LeBron, I I would venture to say, and I I love Michael Jordan. I'm a LeBron. Uh, I'm a Michael over LeBron guy. I think Michael's the goat. All those things. But I would be willing to say right now. Get me the best player on Boston College. And I think he would beat Michael Jordan right now in a game of one-on-one. Right now. I mean, Jordan, unless he just, you know, couldn't miss. But if this guy had any kind of defensive game, the BC player, I think if they played 10 times, the BC guy would win more. I mean, if he's training and playing and Jordan's not, if he just showed up and just, Played him one-on-one, hasn't really been training. Yeah, I think that would win. I think the BC guy would win. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Maybe that's misplaced, but there's no way he'd be LeBron James now. Come on, that's just ridiculous. Uh, Do we have one more here? That's all we got. All right. Thanks for your emails. And that is the first segment of Random Ask emails. This is WEI Late Night. WEI Late Night. On WEI. WEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. You know, I wanted to get to the Bruins. They, um, you know, it's been a year for them. And I want to make one point specifically. I got to give credit to Jake DeBrusque. Okay, Jake DeBrusque, who annoyed me earlier in the year. You know, this guy... All kinds of talent, all kinds of speed, potential. I'm thinking this guy is going to be the one of the players if they were ever going to make a true run and, and win a cup again. I always thought it would be Jake DeBrusque that exploded onto the scene and really made the difference. You know, one of the key guys that made a difference in what would be a cup run, one last cup run with this core. And it hasn't happened. And then in, in what was it, November, he... It comes out that he, he wants a trade. He's getting it traded. Or he demands a trade. I has a trade request. 
But I got to give him credit because he really hasn't talked to the media since then. And I thought that was sort of Bush League, I guess you could say. Um, You know, it was unimpressive when I first heard it on its surface. But now, after assessing a little bit longer and listening to him and, and obviously seeing him play last night and hearing him last night, I have a lot of respect for what he's doing. You know, he, he didn't feel like things were going his way. Now, I don't know every detail about the situation. But for whatever reason, he felt like he needed a change. There's nothing wrong with that. He felt like he needed a change. And it was in his best interest to move on. So he had to go to those, you know, he went to the management and he asked for a trade. And since then, we haven't heard about it. And he told us last night why. It's because after it became public that he asked the Bruins for a trade, he spoke with the team and assured them that it would not become a distraction. And guess what? For three months, he made sure it wasn't a distraction. And I give him credit for that. That's professional. That is, you know, honoring your word. And everybody I can imagine has a lot of respect for him in that in that dressing room. And now he's playing great. Do I think the Bruins should still trade him? Yeah, probably. Um, I think I've seen enough. I think I know what he is. But I do have a lot of respect for how he's handled this situation, despite the fact he marched into to ownership or management and asked for a trade. And especially if he's going to continue to play well. I mean, I love this is what I'm saying about the Boston Bruins because I really can't be critical right now. This is what I've wanted. I've wanted to see what they can do in a playoff situation without Tukarask. Check. You know, it's too bad the way it ended for him. He tried to come back. He got hurt. It didn't it didn't last. But they are going to be without Tukarask. And then they split up the lines. I think that's something they should have done. And they're doing it and it's working. You know? It's working with DeBrusque on the first line, even though last night I don't think either goal came with that line on the ice, even though they did play well. And it's working with the second line being what it is. You know, putting Pasternak down there has worked. So this is kind of what I've been waiting. The only other thing I wanted, and this goes to my next point, I wanted them to acquire over the course of the last few years one more star. And maybe Taylor Hall was supposed to be that guy. So I guess I have to give him credit for that. He hasn't really played like that, even though he's, you know, whatever. He was won a heart trophy. They needed to get a star and try to buy some more talent to put this team over the top. They really, you know, Hall aside, they really haven't done that. Been a lot of David Backus and this and that, you know, Louis Eriks, you know, not enough. And I think they need to do that. That is why, if you're asking me, I know the trade deadline's coming up in a little under a month. Should the, should the Bruins be sellers or buyers? I'm buying. Okay, I get it. You know, this team, it could be down and out. It's different now. They're not the Bergeron's been banged up. I'm buying, baby. There is no, Michael Jordan said it a long time ago. They were, I forget what championship it was after, but they were asking him about rebuilding and should they re- He's like, the Cubs have been rebuilding for 100 years or whatever he said. That's right. There is no guarantee, even though they have some good pieces. Doesn't matter. 
five. Go for it one more time. Have a good night. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.